Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right in a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. Hope everybody's having a phenomenal day. Man, it got a little windy last night. Anchorage was without power for a little bit. Folks in Anchorage, folks down here on the peninsula were without power for a little bit. Uh, but today is a new day. So I want to thank everybody that listens, watches, and reads Must Read Alaska. If you want to help keep the lights on here, just go to mustreadalaska.com. And on the right-hand side, there's a little donate button. Every $5, $10, $100 helps keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. And if you want to sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, just go, just email me, John, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com, and you can sponsor this very own show. But without further ado, I have a special guest today, Assemblymember Rob Yunt, who's also running for um, state Senate. We're going to be talking about all of that today. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska show, Rob. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Doing awesome. It's really great to have you on. I'm excited to chat with you. Um, before we get into your new state Senate race, bring me back to the story of what got you to run in the first place way back in the day. Yeah, it. Um, so the, the assembly in the borough was probably not headed in the direction I think that represents most of our community. And this is what happens when you have low voter turnout in elections in October's, right? So we uh, we did move our election. It's now combined with a state and federal one and turnout of magically is four times higher. But uh, imagine how that works, right? So um, we've made a lot of good changes here locally since I was elected, but, um, uh, to, you know, for election integrity. But there was three... There was three ordinances coming through the planning commission level that were headed to the assembly that scared the daylights out of me. One was a very, very, very anti-Second Amendment one. Um, basically would have prevented from ever having another gun range in the borough again. And we're talking our, our borough is the size of the state of West Virginia. So I don't I don't think that's very representative of our community. And, and there was a huge outcry, people trying to stop it. But the assembly, they didn't care at that time what the people thought. In fact, to the point that even though I was elected, overwhelmingly, I broke the record for most votes ever in an assembly race. And I was adamantly opposed to the ordinance. They swore it in. They passed the ordinance the night I was sworn into office. Oh, geez. Right. And my vote and my vote, if I had been on the dais that night, I would have stopped it. So the, the level of arrogance in government sometimes is just appalling. But so that was one of them. Another one was becoming a strong mayor form of government. I think we're better off tried by seven rather than hung by one. You know, when when you have seven assembly members making a decision for the community and, and, and you know, staffing and different things at the borough, all these different things that affect people's day-to-day -day operations and day-to-day -day lives, I think you're better off with seven people making that decision but than one. And then the biggest one for me was, you know, this was during the heat of COVID, right? And um it was the the momentum was there to become a first class borough, which gives first class governments emergency health powers. Right. right. It also gives you road area wide road powers, and which means you don't have to ask the voters for permission on some things. And I don't I don't think it's an inconvenience to uh, ask the voters for permission. So and I especially don't want to see the government um, 
having control over, you know, mask mandates, vaccine mandates, all these different things. And so what what you do with your doctor is not any of my business, and it's darn sure not the government's business. So it was those three ordinances moving forward that we're all going to pass if I didn't run that I really, I, I, I just couldn't stand back and watch anymore. I didn't want to see my community turn into, uh, turn into Anchorage, I guess. Right. So here I am. So nice. So one of the things that I think is really cool about, um, something that you do is you donate your salary back to Alaska nonprofits. Talk to me about that and why that's important to you. Yeah. So I, I grew up poor. I still drive an old beat up truck, but uh, my wife and I have been successful. We're doing fine in life. Um, we've built two good businesses over the course of the last 20 years. And I don't, I don't need, I don't need the money in politics. And I don't want anybody to think that's why I'm there. I'm honestly there because I want to do the right thing. Um, we do donate all of it to Alaskan based nonprofits. You know, some are, some are, um, conservative education based, right? I'm trying to help with school choice and different things in Alaska. So parents have more options. Um, I think, you know, we donated our salary one year to the local food bank here. Um, we've helped out local wrestling programs with different stuff, or if athletes come talk to us and stuff, we're always, we're always, which we were doing that before we just do more now because we, we use our assembly money on top of what we used to do. But um, yeah, so. That's pretty awesome. Have you, have you, um, has that opened up conversations for you maybe otherwise that you wouldn't have been able to have with folks? Because I mean, it, it's very rare that you come across somebody that donates their entire earnings from their political job back to nonprofits. You're, it's probably, you're probably far and few between when it comes to here in Alaska. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think the few, not very many people know this. I don't talk about it and go brag about it. Um, I, um, you know, it, it definitely, the people that know are super grateful, especially yeah. if they're on the receiving end of that. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's great. So one, one of the things that it also makes you unique is that you come from the private sector. You haven't had a, you're not a career government job person, not to say that those people are inherently bad or, uh, or something right. like that, but you come from the private sector. Talk to me a little bit about how, why that's important to you coming from the private sector, kind of coming with no nonsense kind of policies of what it would take to run a business is similar to what it would take to run the government. Talk to me about how that's been helpful. Yeah. For you. There, there should be more similarities. Unfortunately, there's not, but um, I, I think coming from the ground up, building two businesses from the ground up and doing it through a very fiscally responsible manner has helped me. I, I made a conscious decision when I was elected, we were going to stop borrowing money at the borough. It's not a coincidence. We've already lowered our area-wide mill rate by 19% since I was elected, and we've paid off over $60 million in debt. And then we've done close to $100 million in projects out of pocket, right? Oh, actually, way over that. We've built two schools out of pocket now, over $60 million in road projects. We've not borrowed a dollar since I was elected, right? So it um, you really got to slow down in government. If, if you want to you want to start doing stuff out of pocket. It just means maybe you don't do as much this year and then you carry that money forward to next year. And then you start slowly doing things out of pocket. Does that make sense? While you're also chipping away at your debt because most governments do have debt. And so you have, you have debt obligations. You got to continue to make your payments and then you take 
the extra money you care for and you start doing stuff out of pocket. The issue is and why you, you see so many people not be able to do this is because they want instant gratification. They want to do it today. Yeah. They want to do everything today, right? Well, the issue is that is you're borrowing money to do it typically. And who are you borrowing it from? Maybe not even yourself. You're probably borrowing it from your grandkids, right? So we've just made a conscious decision out here to slow down. We've done a lot of great things, like I said, totally out of pocket. Um, and we've paid off a lot of our debt. And so it uh, it's worked really well. And it can be done at the state level too, right? Um, you know, it can be done at any level. It just takes discipline. So so you threw your name in the hat for state senate. I uh, believe your district is Wasilla. Um, yeah. What made you throw your name in the hat there? That's a whole nother ball game compared to the assembly. Yeah, there's a lot of issues people aren't talking about. I've been I've been going to Juno for a long time with the with the Home Builders Association, right? So it um, affordable housing means a lot to me, um, and so that's what I've always gone there for. But there's so many things going on, right? We're we're a young state still. We're 64 years old. Um, there's there's a unit there's a unit just west of here that uh, a hunting unit that. Um, they had to completely shut down for sheep hunting for five years. The state just did, right? I mean, it, it, every sheep's been shot out of the range um, by out-of-state hunters, guided by an out-of-state guide from Colorado. This is just one specific unit I'm talking about. We're not prioritizing resident hunters. We're not prioritizing resident guides. Um, economically, timber used to create 4,000 jobs in Alaska, high paying jobs per year. I understand the feds have shut down timber, but we can do it on state land. Why aren't we? The state spent $90 million last year fighting forest fires and only sold a million dollars in timber harvest. Meanwhile, all of our all of our timber guys are begging for more, right? That's one industry we hadn't cut in the borough in 10 years before I got elected. And now we're doing a ton of it. We're creating a ton of jobs out here, a ton of timber. All of the products are being used locally. Um, so that that is one area we could fire up the economy overnight. We could create thousands of high paying jobs if we start to take timber serious again. Right. Um, fish culverts, impassable fish culverts our our salmon numbers are down. We've replaced a ton of those since I got elected on the borough assembly and I, I want to do it statewide. Um, you know, our grandparents and parents generations didn't realize when they were building roads and bridges that the culverts they were using salmon couldn't swim through. So you know, salmon weren't reaching their final breeding grounds or spawning grounds, right? And so it, uh, we have to, we got to start talking about things other than just how much of the dividend we can steal, right? That seemed, I'll tell you, since Bill Walker did what he did, and I don't think many of us agree with what he did, but, you know, it happened. And that's all people want to talk about down there right now. They don't want to talk about all these other things that can move our state forward in other ways. And then one of the the probably one of the biggest things to me is uh, is our daughters protecting our daughters. Twenty three states have passed legislation to protect females' sports. Right, it's the Safe Sports Act. How is Alaska not one of the first three? How is it that there are still boys that um, can go out there and compete against girls in sports? It's baffling to me. You know, as a, I've coached hundreds of girls in my life. You know, maybe way more boys, but still a lot of girls. I've got four daughters. Um, it's crazy to me that we live in a society where this tiny, tiny, tiny little portion of society is so powerful. It's the AOC movement, right? That, that's what I refer to this as, the AOC movement, because they do raise a lot of money, so they buy a lot of quietness. That's what they're doing. I'm not saying that all of our legislators are out there saying boys should be able to compete against girls. 
Although what, what I will say is, you know, and, and, a, and a good example of this is, is that January 1st of 2024, last month, USA Boxing is now allowing transgender boys to compete against girls. We're talking about a sport that's had over 500 deaths since the late 1800s boxing. And I'm not knocking. It's an awesome sport. I I fought in the UFC. I've competed in Vegas multiple times. It's a different sport, but still combative, right? Um, how are we at a time where we've, we've had over 500 boys die in the last 140 years? What do we think is going to happen if we, for the next 140 years, we let boys whose testosterone levels are 10 to 20 times higher box against girls? It's just we're in in what it is, is we have too many legislators that just turn a blind eye to it because they don't want to deal with the fallout if they upset this special interest. And that's why we need more people from private sector that don't need the money. I don't I'm not worried about special interests. Right. I, I they mean nothing to me. Absolutely nothing to me. And I'm I'm proud to say that in three and a half years on the borough assembly, I have not taken a single protective vote, not one. Never one time have I looked up from the dais and said, oh, man, that media outlet's out there or <laughs> that person's out there. I better vote this way. I don't care who's in the crowd. I'm going to do what's best for my community. And that's it. it. I don't, you know, I don't need the job. And we need more people in Juneau that don't need the job. So that's pretty it, cool. Uh, so what 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 do you think a major difference is? I think it's Senator Wilson that you're running against. What do you think a major difference is between you and him? Um you know, because people are going to go to the ballot box and they're going to see two Republicans um, or maybe there's some Democrats that throw their name in the hat as well. But what is the major difference between you and him? You know, I, I like David. I'll never say a negative word. I, I think he's been there eight years now. Um, so this will be his eighth year, I should say. And so I think our district will do their homework and and figure that out. Um, I, you know, I would have to let uh, David speak for himself. I think for me, um, it's it's fiscal responsibility. I've signed thousands and thousands and thousands of paychecks, right? Um, I'm going to talk about and get things done that really nobody else is even talking about, protecting resident hunters, protecting our salmon, right? Um, prioritizing resident guides. It does not help our economy. You know, everybody says, oh, the, the you know, hunting and all this stuff brings so much money to our community. It, it does bring a little, Right. It brings none if the guide is from Colorado, yeah. you know, and they, they just fly up here in their super cub and they go shoot 20 sheep and 20 moose with all out of staters and they take all the money back to Colorado. And that's happening right now. So we need to prioritize Alaskan business owners over out of state business owners. Um, we need to prioritize Alaska sportsmen over out of staters. And, uh, um, you know, so I, I'm going to focus on what I'm good at and I'm going to focus on what I plan to do, um, you know, more so actually I, I won't even focus on my opponent it's it doesn't matter to me who's in the race it, and there'll be others there's going to be a bunch and i'm yeah. sure they're all great people but i'm i'm uh, i'm here to do what i gotta do and that's uh move the state forward so so one of the things you mentioned that you've done in your past is um ufc kind of ultimate fighting do you think that's helped shaped who you are today as a as a as a politician and a, as a businessman um, no, it was a total accident. <laughs> it, uh, um, I was coaching, I was helping some guys out that were doing it and I was working with them on wrestling and their takedowns and, and, uh, and then they talked me into going in Vegas and watching a show and, uh, and I said, I, I, 
I could compete here tonight. And they said, no, I don't, I don't know about that. I could do this. I was back in 23 months later, I was back there <laughs> fighting in Mandalay Bay. So I, I will tell you, um, you know, I already had three children at the time in a business. I didn't train much. I was getting by on talent. But uh, um, in, in previous work, that the foundation that I'd already built athletically, yeah, it was an accident. I got into mixed martial arts on accident. I was coaching wrestling, um, the takedown portion of wrestling for some guys here locally that were competing. And uh, other ones ended up that I was working with ended up fighting around the country and and uh, really talented guys. But I was working with them on one specific thing. And then they said, we, sh- we should go down to Vegas and watch a fight. And uh, so we did. And I was down there and I was like, I could compete with these guys. Right. And they're like, I don't know, man, there's more. And I think I was back there in 23 months or something. It is funny because the first one I went to watch was Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. Oh, that's and then when I got my watch. when I got my first call up and I was you know, getting ready to fight at uh, Mandalay Bay. I got to know Tito and then I went and lived with him for a while and trained with him for my second fight. But I really didn't put much time into it. It just, I was a dad, already had three kids at the time, was building a business and coaching wrestling in the community and stuff. So I didn't, I didn't put much time into it, but it was fun while I was there. And, uh, um, and I, you know, I was competing up a weight class too. The, the issue with the Alaska, it's hard to get hard to get competition if you're doing maybe better than some of the locals so i never did drop down to the weight class i should be in until after the ufc which probably would have made a big difference because i was i was kind of small at the weight i was at but it was all in fun like i said i didn't take it serious but uh makes for some good memories right yeah it was it was fun yeah but uh yeah so uh my last question is this one of the pieces of legislation in uh, the matsu borough that you got behind I believe was term limits. Is that something that you'd be um, excited to pursue if elected to the state Senate? It was, it was my legislation. Yeah. I was the sole sponsor of that in the Matsu borough. Um, we do have lifetime term limits now for the, for the uh, assembly and the mayor. I did not pass that without putting it on the ballot. So we passed it at the local assembly level. But I said, I don't want this to be the law of the land without asking the voters permission. And it passed overwhelmingly. This is not a partisan issue. I I do believe while I, we see it with our own two eyes when we put it on the ballot, most people don't want career politicians. Um, and, and I'm definitely one of those people. You know, if the opportunity's right, you know, last year there was 19 freshmen elected in the House because of redistricting. And I know a lot of them. I believe in term limits as well from both parties. I don't think this is a partisan issue. Maybe when the opportunity, if the opportunity was there and I thought I could get it passed, absolutely I would run it. I wouldn't even hesitate. I don't really think anybody should be doing this more than 12 years. Um, You know, ours out here is for eight years. The president of the United States is eight years. If it's good enough for the president, why is it not good enough for everyone, you know? Yeah. Um, We would have a lot more uh, forward momentum in government if people weren't there their whole life. But you know, um, yeah. So, well, uh, Rob, 25 minutes has gone by in a flash. Tell folks where they can find your campaign website, social media, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, any last minute thoughts here before we head out? No, I just, I appreciate the time. Um, thanks for having me. If anybody's interested in learning more, they can just go to Rob for Alaska.com. That's just my first name, Rob for Alaska.com, you know, and, I appreciate the support. I'm not a special interest guy. You know, big races are one with small donations, $5, $10, whatever it may be, $100, you know. So anybody that 
offers any support, I, I am forever grateful. So awesome. Well, Rob, we'll put the um the website into the podcast description. So folks listening in, just click on the podcast description and you can find all the information. For folks that maybe just caught the tail end of this, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the whole episode. Assembly member Rob Yunt is running for for state senate there in Wasilla. And this is a guy who donates his salary back to Alaska nonprofits. I don't think there's another elected official uh, in Alaska that I've heard of that does that. So uh, um, a unique person uh, that has got private sector experience and definitely uh, take a look at him, folks, if you live in Wasilla. Rob, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. You're welcome back anytime. And for folks that listen, watch, or read Must Street Alaska, you want to help keep the lights on, just go to muststreetalaska.com. On the right-hand side, there's a little donate button. If you want to help keep the lights on, and if you want to sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, just email me, John, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com. Until next time, I'm John.